Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm Damian Bolwa. Today on Fifth and Mission, how school board elections have more than ever become a political battleground in California. This spring in Orange County, the board of the Placentia Yorba Linda Unified School District voted 3-2 to ban the teaching of critical race theory in classrooms. This was not an isolated move. It was part of a broader movement by conservatives to gain power over school issues that have animated the political right and ignited the culture wars. Those include COVID vaccine mandates, critical race theory, and LGBTQ acceptance. In Florida this month, Republican Governor Ron DeSantis has been holding rallies to back conservative school board candidates. And in California, where Republicans are outnumbered roughly two to one statewide, the tension is a bit more complicated. As my guest today, Chronicle reporter Ryan Cost explains, conservative supporters have launched fundraising efforts to support slates of candidates in hopes of winning more seats and in hopes of energizing GOP voters in general. Ryan Cost, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Ryan, what got you interested in digging into these school board races across the state? Well, You know, for the past several months, we've been seeing a lot of headlines coming out of Florida and Texas about conservative movements to ban the teaching of things like CRT, tamp down on rights for LGBT people and students, you know, just general conservative movements that are making big national headlines. And at some point at the Chronicle, we realized that we should you know, talk to folks in the state of California to see how these sorts of discussions were impacting people here. And one of the big things that came up uh, during interviews with a bunch of different organizations, statewide organizations, was that we were seeing some conservative movements to try to capture school boards, in part because, you know, there is so little purchase for conservatives at a statewide level. All right, let's talk about one school board, Ryan. Who are Shawnee Murray and Leandra Blades. So both of them are parents of students in the Placentia Yorba Linda School District, a school district in Orange County. Leandra Blades is actually both a parent and a member of the school board of trustees. So she ran for her position basically on a platform of getting politics out of the classroom. That's how she phrases it. And as part of that, she was hoping to ban CRT. She won her election um, two years ago, and then this past spring finally made good on her promise to ban CRT. Shawnee Murray is a parent who thought that that ban was, you know, pointless, that it stopped her children from learning about important things like, you know, structural racism. And she would show up to many of the board meetings to try and convince board members to vote against the ban. Um, Ultimately, you know, Leandra won that one. And uh, the school district became one of the first in California to ban CRT officially. Okay, you've been talking to some of these folks that have been running for school boards. I mean, 
Why is there so much enthusiasm to do so, including in California? And why is there enthusiasm to organize and and perhaps elect slates of candidates and, and, and support people across different areas? Well, I think in part, COVID sort of primed the pump on this. You know, it wasn't just in California, but all across the nation. Things like mask mandates, um, school closures, all of that really activated a parent base, people who were unhappy with decisions that school boards were making. As the pandemic went on, that became sort of a partisan issue also. So you had Republicans who were pretty opposed to um, some of these policies. And I think as COVID has faded, they have now sort of taken up these other issues uh, like CRT, like you know bathroom access for trans students, And, you know, I think in California in particular, you mentioned that uh, Republicans are vastly outnumbered by Democrats. They don't have a huge chance of getting, you know, power in Sacramento. They probably are not going to elect the next governor, but they do see these school boards as sort of an opening for them to, you know, have an impact on the culture. But Ryan, there's such a big difference between a vaccine mandate, a COVID policy masking and acceptance of LGBTQ people. Sure. Yes. And, you know, I think that you have a wide spectrum here, right? So some of these conservative candidates are pretty hyper-focused on, you know, say, banning CRT. For others, I think it's all just sort of a, they, they put it under sort of this category of parental rights. You know, I think you would have a lot of people argue with whether or not we're actually talking about parental rights here per se. But um, for them, you know, they sort of frame it as This is parents taking back these school boards for a variety of different reasons. All right. And what does organization look like? I mean, how how does someone who wants to elect multiple candidates go about that? So one of the biggest examples I found in my reporting was a pastor in Riverside County. He is endorsing candidates that align very closely with some specific values that he has. He's by far the most conservative example that I found. But essentially, he's running a slate of six candidates across three different districts, um, three different school boards to fight against, again, CRT. He also talks about forced LGBT acceptance. He talks about, you know, transgenderism, which is sort of a right wing derogatory term. He also is pretty anti-sex ed in the classroom. He calls it sexual perversion. He's described, you know, public schools as the devil's playground, and he is fundraising for candidates that sort of match his value set and is putting them out there, sort of trying to run as many candidates he can in as many um, elections as possible to try and capture as many school boards in his area as he can. Ryan, if we're seeing this from the conservative side, what about Democrats? Are they responding? I spoke with somebody at the California School Board Association And he said that while he gets, you know, emails from the Republican Party, from conservative causes almost daily about this topic, he doesn't see as much mail coming from Democrats, you know, and of course that's anecdotal, but I was hard pressed to find anything that seemed as organized and as concerted as some of the examples that I saw. Um, You know, I mentioned Riverside, this is also happening in San Diego and, you know, in other places. That is not to say, though, that, you know, some of these people aren't facing certain opposition. I mentioned the pastor in Riverside. There are some organizations, some grassroots organizations in those communities they are trying to sort of stand up against him, but they aren't nearly as well funded. And it sort of remains to be seen, you know, sort of what impact they might have. Yeah. And there's obviously a a bit of a conflict between people who see these boards as as nonpartisan. They are nonpartisan and and they're supposed to to 
focus on things like school performance and equity, but they're very political. And this is nothing new. They've they've been political in a lot of districts for a long time. Yes. So absolutely. School boards have always been sort of a flashpoint for culture wars. Um, you know, we can look back in San Francisco's history to, you know, probably the thing that made Harvey Milk sort of a national name in his fight against the Briggs Initiative, which was an effort to ban um, gay people from teaching in public schools. These things, you know, sort of ebb and flow. And right now we're sort of at a high for the way that they're being politicized. And I think that that really frustrate some of the people who have been sitting on these boards for years, just trying to do the day-to-day work of, you know, making sure that students' test scores are increasing, making sure that there's money for football field lights, making sure that extracurriculars are, you know, funded or that students have a bus to take to school. Those are the things that the boards in general are doing. And, you know, this sort of creates this hyper-partisan atmosphere around, you know, what should be some pretty basic decisions. All right, I want to talk about that atmosphere, but first let's take a quick break. We'll be right back on Fifth and Mission. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. Welcome back to Fifth and Mission. I'm Damian Bullwood, joined by Chronicle reporter Ryan Cost. We're talking about conservative push to put candidates on school boards in California. Ryan, we talked about the atmosphere in school communities. Obviously, we've seen divisive politics really tear up a lot of places around the country, including in California. What has this recent push uh, meant for the atmosphere in school communities and at school board meetings? Well, I think it's pretty clear that whatever these fights accomplish, they are creating some pretty divisive environments in communities that were otherwise, you know, pretty, I think, calm. In Riverside, for instance, I spoke with one board member who said that she had to regularly shut down meetings because she couldn't get the crowd to sort of calm down. Um, There was suddenly, you know, these normally very staid events became shouting matches. And then in the Placentia or Belinda case, I spoke with a few students who, um, you know, said that they were frequently heckled by adults in the room. They um, had created a student club essentially to help, you know, increase equity in the school district. And they were holding a fundraiser for that. And I guess enough people called the restaurant where the fundraiser was set for and threatened to uh, protest it. So the restaurant had to cancel the fundraiser. The students that I spoke with were just you know, said their hearts dropped when that happened because they didn't really expect adults to behave in that way. I mean, it sounds like national politics coming to the local level. Yes, exactly. And I think, you know, these were students who'd never even been to a school board meeting before, you know, some of these things were up for discussion. And I I think that they were pretty surprised to see that, you know, this is how things were happening, that it wasn't sort of this very adult, very measured um, sort of conversation. Ryan, I think a lot of people are going to wonder, I mean, what power does a local school board have in some of these issues that have animated conservatives? This is a huge, huge open question in some regards. You know, we know, for instance, when it comes to sex ed, that that is something that is mandated by the state. So their hands are tied there. That's not stopping them from sort of using that as a part of their platform. The same is true to a certain extent with ethnic studies. Recently, the state mandated that students had to take an ethnic studies course before graduating. But I think we'll see, 
you know, as this next school year unfolds, what exactly it means, for instance, to ban CRT. And what about transgender students? I mean, some of these pushes aim to sort of say that transgender students don't exist. I mean, what can these school boards do? Well, we do know that their power, again, is sort of limited in some respects. For instance, in Chino Valley, there was an effort not too long ago to ban trans students from using the bathroom of their choice, essentially. And in that case, the state superintendent stepped in and basically told them that that would be violating state law. So a lot of these different things will have to be, you know, litigated, you know, whether literally in court or just sort of see what sticks as um, these policies and these discussions roll out. Ryan, let's go back to that Placentia Yorba Linda school district. What happened with Leandra Blades when she decided to run? So Leandra Blades decided to run for a seat on the board. She said in part because she was hearing from her kids that, you know, choir class was becoming very political. And then, you know, once COVID hit, she would overhear conversations on Zoom, she says, about, you know, she called it COVID hysteria. Teachers were, I guess, um, positively discussing things like communism and socialism. And that sort of drove her to feel as though politics were, you know, had gotten out of hand. Um, she, again, ran on uh, on a platform to ban CRT, and she ultimately was successful last April. It did seem to really sort of tear the community apart. And now Blades has said she's moving on to some other sort of more mundane topics. Um, You know, lights at the football field is one of the things that she discussed, increasing student test scores. But Shani Murray's worried that this isn't really the end. She had gone back this month to speak at the school board meeting because both this month and last month, some parents had shown up, this time taking aim, not just at CRT, but at transgender students. But Ryan, any teaching of quote-unquote critical race theory is banned in that district now? Yes. The the ban is a little bit opaque. Essentially what it does is it stops the discussion of quote systemic racism. Um, You know, and that's this idea that racism can be baked into sort of the structural aspects of society, whether that is a court system, a prison system, a school system. So Apparently, teachers will not be able to talk about that. What effects that will have, you know, we don't know yet. School is only just now starting for the district. We do know that um, the Advanced Placement Organization has said that if these sorts of policies impact the level of education that are happening in their accredited courses, that they will have to pull that accreditation, which could leave, you know, some of these students in a pretty well-regarded district, high and dry for, you know, what a lot of parents really want them to take in order to get into, you know, those exceptional colleges and universities. Ryan, how do you learn about American history without learning about inequality in that history? I mean, I'm not sure if you can. And that's the point that parents like Shawnee Murray and the students that I spoke to, you know, have been making at meeting after meeting, in this case, to little effect. CRT now is banned there, and it remains to be seen whether or not these sorts of bans will spread to other districts across the state. Ryan Koss, thank you so much. Thank you so much, Damien. Read Ryan Koss' article on the move for conservative school board candidates across California at sfchronicle.com. Thanks to Ryan for joining me. Thanks also to King Kaufman for producing this episode. 
and thank you for listening.